Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Guys, that's where we live. We live in a real world. We're all going to come to that area. Someone called me this afternoon. They're going to visit a relative who is dying. Same principle. Want to make sure that they're right with God. That's the promises I have. Anyone that calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. If I don't have that promise, I don't know why you and I are here. We might as well just chuck it and go home. But we have the sure word of God to base our lives upon. Life can be a grind. Some people, like the Christians in the Middle East and China, have it quite a bit harder than most. Times like that make you wonder where God is and is he paying attention to your troubles? As Pastor Mark will be teaching today, the Christ followers addressed in the book of Hebrews were having it really rough. When they weren't being thrown to the lions, they were being used as human torches. You'll find out today where God is in horrible situations like these and what he has to say about them. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 10 as he continues his message, God will come through. Now look at verse 16. Men swear by someone greater than themselves. And the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to the argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what he promised, he confirmed it with an oath. Remember, when a person wants to end an argument, what do they say? One way is just to say, I appeal or I make an oath to a higher authority. That's it. And we, you know, I'm telling the truth, so help me God. If you look back at the first part of Hebrews here, look back at the beginning that we read. Verse 13, when God made a promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself. I think that's great, isn't it? I mean, what am I going to say? I guess swear by Mark? No, there's somebody always greater than me. But you swear by God, there isn't anybody greater. Who are you going to go to? God. God, well, there isn't anybody greater. Now, when you look at that, you go, well, the Jewish leadership had made a mockery of oaths. Remember? Swore by the temple, but not the gold of the temple, all those kind of things we went through. We learned that Jesus earlier himself said, you don't need to make oaths. Yes is yes, and no is no. But God knew that these people were slow to believe. They were doubting. So, God took an oath to verify the promise he'd made. He just decided, well, I'll show them. I'll prove to them. He didn't have to swear the oath, but he did it as a concession to man's weakness. He met man 
on man's level. So God's going to promise man, this church, that he'll see them through. That whatever they're going through, it doesn't matter, they will get through. Now, verse 18. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. Since God cannot lie and can't violate his own word, then we can have hope. These two unchangeable things are the promises of God and God's oath that he swears on himself, which is a reflection on his character, that he can not lie. Then he says this, We who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. So here's the offer. God says, I can't lie. Here's the promise I'm making to you. And I'm swearing by myself, not because I need to do that. My yes is yes and my no is no. But I'm doing that for you. I'm trying to identify with you. You want to end the argument. So quit arguing. Quit doubting that I can't come through. It's unchangeable. I will come through. Absolutely. Now, verse 18 doesn't mean much to us. The last part. Who have fled to take hold of the hope. Who have fled. But it meant a lot to people with Jewish history. This principle, and you might want to just write it in your Bible, it's the city of refuge principle in the Old Testament. Fled. You see, God provided in the Old Testament some cities that would provide shelter for a person who accidentally killed someone. If they accidentally killed someone and they could get to a city of refuge, in that refuge, no one could get them until the trial came up. So they were safe. It's almost like today, if you killed someone and you did it excellently, if you could get to the jail under safe control, you'd be fine until the trial came up. In those days, people would get revenge. So the relatives of whoever you killed would be out to get you was different than it is today. Now, if this person was acquitted of this killing, then he would remain in this city until the death of the high priest. Then he could return home. So what is the writer saying? Our refuge, who do we run to when we're without hope? Jesus Christ. It's not a city. But you and I run to the person of Jesus Christ and his word. No Christ follower has to live without hope. Are you here without hope? Is there an area that you're struggling with? When we read the promises in the Bible, we should be filled with hope and not doubt. This is what the writer is trying to say. This is so basic to us, but I need it repeated to me. Maybe I'm on a mountain right now, but all it takes is one of these, and I could be down here. All it takes is a ring on a cell phone, and the mountain goes to a valley instantly. Well, where is God? Well, his promise is he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He who's begun a good work in you will complete it. Just start thinking of the promises of God. God is a very present help in time of trouble. 
Yesterday morning, on my day off, I got a call from someone in our fellowship. They wanted me to come over and pray over a situation. A relative was dying. Well, I called a few moments. She said, call before you come. And I called, and I said, I'll be there. And she said, well, my mom just passed away. She was a Christian, so I wasn't really going for her mom anyway. She was kind of in a coma. I was going for her dad, who was there. So I went over to the home. I went in. There's mom waiting for the brothers to fly in from out of town. So the hospice people were there. The minute I walked in, and I'm used to death, so it's not an issue to me, as the lady was there, you know, the first thing when I looked at her body, here's what I said. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. I mean, it's no more vivid than it was right in front of me. She's not there any longer. She's gone. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Now, you either believe that or you don't. God's either true or he's a liar. That's where we're all going, guys. One day, every one of us will be on one of those. It's over. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. And then I went and prayed with the father, the husband, married many, 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 well over 60 years, and with the daughter. And did I give them Mark's words? No, I gave them words of hope from where? Right here. And one of the scriptures I used was exactly this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. And he was here in that room. Guys, that's where we live. We live in a real world. We're all going to come to that area. Someone called me this afternoon. They're going to visit a relative who is dying. Same principle. Want to make sure that they're right with God. That's the promises I have. Anyone that calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. If I don't have that promise, I don't know why you and I are here. We might as well just chuck it and go home. But we have the sure word of God to base our lives upon. Now, I want you to write this. I think it's important. We have hope because God's word is all true and God cannot lie. There isn't one person in this room that can make that statement about yourself. Now, I'm not a liar, but I've lied. And my word isn't always true. Sometimes I just make a mistake, and so do you. But God can not lie. So there's not one lie in here. But what does Satan do? He gets us to doubt. Remember in the Garden of Eden? What's he say to Eve? Has God said? Well, yes, he had said. It was absolutely true. Now, Spurgeon said this, My own weakness makes me shrink, but God's promises make me brave. I love it. You and I should be bold. That's what the writer's trying to do to these people who are not in the mountain. They're in a valley. They're going through a very difficult... They're losing their homes. They're losing their lives. They're being persecuted. Satan says, give up on God. Go back. The writer says, no, God's word is true. Just keep on going with God. Now look at verse 19. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Now, that's strange for us 
But in the ancient world, an anchor was a symbol of security, a symbol of hope, an anchor was. So much so that in the catacomb of Rome, we have found over 66 illustrations in the catacombs of Rome where the Christians in many of those years hid to keep from being persecuted and killed. That was a symbol of hope, a symbol of security. They understood this. Why does the writer use those words? Because when they saw the word anchor, immediately it transferred into security, into hope. When the world looks at security, what do they look at? Wealth, money, possessions, your job, your intelligence, your education, your business is security. Ever been in an organization? The contract doesn't come through. What happens the next day? We're laying you off. So none of those things are secure, guys. Here's what I think is very interesting. As we get older, and many of us have been pretty healthy all our life, thank God, we think we're secure because our health is going to get us through. Guess what? It won't. Most of us will have some issues. It's just this body, this old tent is getting older. And when it rains, it leaks. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. It's just going to happen. So that's not security. So what is secure? The two prongs of security are God's promises and God's oath. In other words, his nature. He can't lie. So when I throw that anchor out into the sea of life, what do I get? Well, what I get is this. An anchor is only secure as to what it is secured in. If it's a sandy bottom, I'm not secure. If it's a little shell, I'm not secure. So understand the anchor will be tested by the winds of this world. In our world, the anchor always goes down. You're in a boat. You throw the anchor over. You're in a cruise liner. It goes down. It's secured. It's tested. That same principle is here spiritually. Now listen to this. One of the reasons you anchor a boat is because a storm's coming. In these winds the last few days here, how many of you people, if you had boats, you made sure they were anchored somewhere, secure, because these winds were pretty difficult. Well, John 16, Jesus said this about our life. I've told you these things so that in me you might have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, take heart, I've overcome the world. Storms will come on our lives. Storms will come into our lives often suddenly. Storms come in all kinds of different types and sizes. They come in our marriages, they come in our health, they come in our children, they come spiritually, come financially, come work-related. Storms don't change, though, God's promises or His nature. Now, why don't storms affect the nature of God and the promise of God? Because our anchor is absolutely secure. Why? Because it's not based in me. It's based in God, in His Word, and on His oath the character. God's for me. 
He's not against me. All things work together for those who love God. God has promised that his plans for me are good. He will absolutely work it out. Well, look at the last two verses. Verse 19. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus who went before us has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Now this is where you have to put your thinking cap on. The Jews understood the holies of holy, the sanctuary, the inner sanctuary, where the high priest could only go once a year. And remember, there's this huge curtain that separated the people from going into the presence of God. God was unapproachable, except by the high priest. And of course, he had bells on his ankles. He made sure his life was pure. Or they would, if the bells stopped ringing, remember, they pull him out, he was dead. He went in and his sins hadn't been forgiven. Well, the minute Jesus died, God took that temple, that curtain, and what? From top to bottom opened it, saying what? This is what the next part of the whole book of Hebrews is about. Access into the presence of God. Now, when Jesus finished with his work here on earth, not only could man approach Jesus directly, but where did Jesus, this high priest, go? He was no longer in the sanctuary. He was no longer in the holies of holies. But where did he go? He went up to where? Heaven. Where is Jesus Christ? Where is he? Well, some people say he's in Miami. Do you know that? There's somebody who claims he's Jesus in Miami now. Huge following from all over the world. We'll learn this in Matthew 24. Jesus says, in the latter days, many will rise up saying they're me. We're right in those days, guys. It's a huge following for somebody who says he's Jesus. Well, where is Jesus? He's not in Miami. He's at the right hand of the Father. So I want you to think about this because it's very important. In our world, an anchor is secured because it goes down. I'm anchored not to this world. Hallelujah. I'm anchored to the throne of God. Jesus is my anchor. It's safe and secure from all storms. It can be trusted. I have an anchor that will hold. Some of you remember the old song. I have an anchor that absolutely holds. Why? Because it's not based on this world. This world is going to be destroyed. It's based on Jesus Christ, who is my high priest, who sits at the right hand of the Father. Now, to these people in this little church, what did that anchor mean? Two very important things, and they're good for us as well. That anchor meant that they, number one, didn't have to drift. Remember earlier, the writer said, be careful that you don't drift in your relationship with God. An anchor that isn't secure, the boat will drift, is dangerous. Second, not only does the anchor keep us from drifting, it keeps us from apostasy. You see, if the ship moves and the anchor doesn't hold, it can be destroyed against the rocks of this world. So because... My anchor rests firmly in the person of Jesus Christ, his promises, 
his word, his oath, his character, that he cannot lie. I don't have to worry about drifting. I can be steady in the word of God. Two, I never, ever worry about my salvation. Because my salvation isn't based on me. My salvation is based on Jesus Christ. I have no plans to pull anchor and do life myself. Do you? I want to be anchored to him. I want you to turn to one passage and we're through. Colossians chapter 1. If you turn there. Verse 3 through 5. Paul says this. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all the saints. The faith and love that spring from the hope. Notice where this hope is stored. That is stored up for you in heaven. And that you have already heard about the word of truth. The gospel. The New Living Translation in verse 4 and 5 says, We have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which comes from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. No matter what you're facing or will face in the future, you have an anchor that will hold. Doubt or faith, anxiety, or contentment. And some of you are parents and your children go off and get married and have kids. I think it's always good when our children call home. They can be 20, 30, 40, 50. They call home and they're in a difficult situation. And they remember what mom and dad did. What do they want mom and dad to do again? Pray. Because mom and dad prayed when they raised them. And they know that mom and dad love them. You have a heavenly father. His son is sitting right next to him. He loves when you pray to him. He loves when you ask for help. He knows we're going to not be patient sometimes. So the last thing I want you to write is this. Decide to trust God and live with hope. See, it's a decision you make. It's not an emotion. It's a decision. It's a commitment. Even in the storms of life. Why? God will come through. He absolutely will come through. Today, Pastor Mark talked about making oaths. You learned the significance of making an oath and the seriousness of doing so, especially in the days of Abraham. You found out how God was willing to relate to men on their level to get his point across to Abraham. You see how this reminds you about God's love for mankind and his desire for their redemption. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. 
Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This winds up Pastor Mark's teaching, God Will Come Through. We hope you were reminded of God's faithfulness to you. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin a new message, The Need for a New Priesthood. He'll be diving into Hebrews chapter 7 and going into the history of the Jewish priesthood. You'll learn how and why that all worked and why it was never enough. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurry.